Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting live from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. He is 2016's Honorable Mention Plumber of the Year, the inventor of the, <laughs> the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! The only plumbing I have experience with is plumber's helpers. <laughs> what? The plumber's helper, man. What is a plumber's helper? Oh, my gosh. What is that? It's like a three-inch butt crack when you bend over to oh, fix yeah. anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Southern fried and southern, southern dignified as always, guys. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the episode. You can reach us on the Twitters at SFP Radio, Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also reach us on Southern Fried Philosophy at uh, Facebooks. You can also reach us at www.southernfriedphilosophy.com. And you can also email us on the show any any which way but loose. So, However you want to do it. That's right. But thanks for tuning in, guys. So what you got going on, Biggin? I know. Check out this song, though. Hello, hey, you know, I'm kind of digging these mashups. Yeah, right? Yeah. You think it's Eye of the Tiger, but then it's Adele. You kind of get a little taste of both, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the ACDC mashups. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I just saw that and was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go ahead and play that. Uh, so I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Hey, Mojo. How you be darn? I am better this week than I was last. <laughs> Let me tell you what, boy. It Bring came, the heat. It came down to deadline day with... Uh, uh, doing the show Wednesday, and I just had been uh, losing sleep over the old food poisoning. So, um, yeah, that was that was seventy two hours. I lost five and a half pounds. So, and it was coming up the upstairs and the downstairs. Is that right? Yeah, the basement was flooded. Oh my so gosh! It was uh, a disaster. And then I walked right into a head cold hey. after that. So, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a challenging nine days. But hey, sure, I'm here. I remember so. you texting and saying it's either. Uh, Food poisoning or a kidney stone. <laughs> I rolled the dice, I, and I'm glad it was food poisoning because kidney, yeah, kidney stone. I, I, I don't think I'd want to deal with that. So. Yeah, mm, yeah. That's the that's my worst nightmare. I would rather just chop it off. Yeah, I, just, I, I saw my dad have to go through it, but, oh. you know, a long time ago before they actually give you any type of mm-hmm. any stuff to help out with, and I that was some brutal pain. So, and Dude, I, yeah, the closest I ever got to it was watching the Green Mile, and that just looks so painful. I just didn't yeah. want to deal with it. I, and I, I know where I got it, and it's mm-hmm. a place that I've been Ooh. probably a hundred times in my lifetime. The food poisoning. Yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I think I'm gonna have to sever ties with them. So, <laughs> do you want to? You want to <laughs> throw no. them under the bus? No, I better not do that. They're right. probably sue us for libel or something like that. That's probably true. But uh, yeah, it's I, all I know is my forty year relationship with you guys. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I got to leave you guys. But, yeah. Talk about McDonald's again? No. <laughs> no, well-respected, long-running restaurant in okay. the state of South Carolina. So All righty. We're going to have to bye bye yeah. I went to a Chinese restaurant one time. It was an all-you-can-eat buffet, which, by the way, that in itself just screams food poisoning. Oh, yeah. Uh, but And then I ate the shrimp, which that also screams food poisoning. Um, and I could never eat there again. Every time I just walked in, I was like, you know, and yeah. had that, that gut reaction. 
it's coming up. Yeah, buffet strip is not the cleanest strip. <laughs> I'm just letting you know ahead no, of time. No, I yeah. knew that. Yeah, so. I took my chances on it because yeah. it's, it's delicious. It's the, yeah. the coconut kind. Okay. And the coconut stuff sauce on well, that it. Co- that covers up the turd mm. system. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the coconut flakes. Good Lord, I got this one off of Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, how you be doing? I'm good, man. We, uh, we, we didn't do the show the prior week because we were going to a funeral. Yeah. And uh and, and Georgia so couldn't couldn't do that. But as soon as I came back, um my mother in law came in town. Mm-hmm. Which I love my mother in law. We talked about that before, mm-hmm. a good deal on that. Um and then my adopted mom came in town last week. My grandmother's coming in this time this week. This which I'm anxious week, for her. She's so. gonna bring the chocolate gravy and the regular gravy, so I'm excited about about that. And then after that, then I realized that my mother in law and my father in law are coming back up on Father's Day weekend. And it's my first um, Father's Day with my dad here. Wow. So it's just like back to, it's like a month and a half of people coming to the just house. Just family time. I love them all, and, and I'm grateful that they're here, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's a lot back to back to back to back to back. Oh, it is. To it back. Is. Yeah. But, le- but hey, but at least you enjoy your family. So that's a good, that's a right. good thing. Right. So. No, it's a good thing. I'm good. I'm glad to see Maymaw come up and have a good time with her. So one thing, though, that I did notice, you know, it's becoming uh, more and lighter earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you know, the sun, summer and all that kind of fun stuff. It's getting longer days. So one thing that I've been doing uh, is just getting the covers and pulling them over my head. Mm, I can't do that. And and here's the reason why I can do that is because I have a CPAP. Mm. And so the CPAP brings in the cold air, but you still can cover your head. And it's it's awesome in the morning until this week. And <laughs> and this week I haven't been eating the best. And so my, you know, digestion's been... So basically dutched up in yourself. I, yeah, thank you. I dutched up in myself. <laughs> and, keep, and keep in mind, I have the CPAP on. So by the time I realize I wake myself up farting, uh, the the molecules are sucked into the, the mask of the CPAP. <laughs> and there's no filtration and system. Y- yeah, yeah, and you just like, you're you're stuck in this nasty Dutch oven. You need to get one of those, go to one of those prepper sites and get you one of those carbon filtered <laughs> masks for your CPAP. Right. So. <laughs> So I never did that before, and I, I kind of want to, I want to kind of do it again, but like, you know, to put the covers over my eyes. But then I'm like, I don't want to Dutch oven myself. Yeah, so I, kind I'm, I'm kind of funny with my sleep, and I can't, I, I can't have, I can't have the reflective hot air back in my face. Yeah, yeah, something about that. No, it's the cool air, and I have, the, I have the full face mask, right? So it's just like, <laughs> I look like Darth Vader in the morning. But uh, it's nice. Like yeah. you're going on a secret NASA mission? Yeah. I, I actually, it, when I first got it on, I thought I was like Maverick from you know, uh-huh. Top Gun. Start I'd yelling for that Goose. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wake up, Goose! Goose, no! But um, <laughs> it, was, it was fun times. I'm a retard. Hey, before our next uh, next uh, segment, <laughs> I want to introduce our guest. He's actually yeah. our first returning guest. Um, it's our pastor, Justin Wallace from one life church. Uh, he was actually on one of our first episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to understand millennials, which I still don't understand. I have a little better concept of them, but, um, so we welcome Justin Wallace to the show. Hey buddy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Glad to have you back, man. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. By the way, just so you know, yours was like one of the higher rated, uh, podcasts that we had. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not to stroke that ego anymore, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) And it yeah, helps I, when you yeah. when you actually deal with millennials who listen to podcasts that actually yeah. know what they yeah. are. My dad still is like, "Are you still on the radio? What time do I catch you on?" I'm like, dad, <laughs> no, it's a podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a VH, VHS recording. Of yeah, us, yeah, seriously. 
Yeah. It's like teaching your parents how to use their iPhone for the first time. Yeah, it's awful, right? That's an experience. Oh, you kind of want to shoot yourself in the head, right? <laughs> and then it's then you be instantly become the like master of the universe with them. Like, yeah. well, how do I send a photo? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The gatekeeper. Yeah. So I do want to say that we had a contest uh, on the last time we posted a show. And the deal was you had to like the episode, share the episode, and tag your friend in with that episode so that you could win a bottle of the bad mother smokers barbecue sauce. Um, y'all can I just say, I need you to, to listen up. You don't know how to pay attention to directions. There were, we did gave you like a four step process on how to do it. And Mr. Danny, you didn't do it. You just said, amen on barbecue sauce. I love to cook. Well, and I'm glad you said amen. I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah, thankful but we really for that. Wa- we really wanted you to try this sauce. But I needed so. you to tag somebody yeah. in that, so you're out. So there's only two other people that actually follow directions. And so um, uh, Mama C, we'll saw, that was uh, Jeremy's mom. Yeah, our, our, our substitute co-host. Right, and then Kelly Scott. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for Mama C, okay. and you're going to play for Kelly Scott, and we are going to um, rock, paper, scissors for this bad boy. So, I was the rock, paper, scissors champion in middle school. Oh, Slightly crap. Now. Yeah. I forgot to forewarn you. Am I going to put that on the intro from now on? Hey, that could that could be. <laughs> I still have the plaque at home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. We're going to do this. This is for all the marbles. Ready? I'm probably going to lose first round here. All right. So how, like, we, Is this best two out of three or what? Are we going to do two out of three? Sure. It's all the right. only way to do it. Okay, yeah. so two out of three. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Uh, okay. So are we going to... Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Rocks. Me and my okay. daughter play. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well, okay, ready? <laughs> Do it again. She's five. <laughs> She's... Yeah, she rules the house too. <laughs> she makes the rules. Yeah. All right, ready? Here we go. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, paper, paper. Oh, yeah, it was paper, paper. All right, ready? One, two, three, shoot. Oh, you guys are soulmates. One, two, three. Ah, oh my god! Still tied. Still tied. <laughs> Uh, ah, one okay. zero. All right, one to zero for Kelly. All right, here we go. Whew. Okay, here we go. Oh, two. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Scott, you and Crystal Pfeiffer Lewis are going to get the barbecue sauce. Mama C, you're still a winner in our eyes. Yeah, just because you're Mama C, I may send you. Send <laughs> there you, you go. Anyway. All right, well, congratulations to Kelly Scott. I appreciate that. Uh, and we'll be doing another contest also yeah, soon. we'll do another one. In fact, we should probably just do one and just say whoever's the first person to Facebook, but. Or like, I don't know. We'll I'll figure out something. We'll figure, we'll figure out something. We'll post. We'll take a look at our Facebooks and Twitter for our uh, next upcoming episode. Our next upcoming contest. Yeah. Speaking stuff. of, we did one, and then Justin was the uh, for Twitter, and you were the one that won it just because you retweeted it. That's right. It was. We were out there for twenty minutes until you're like, oh, nobody retweeted this. Yeah. Let me just do it. So you won that one. <laughs> it's and hey, listen, this barbecue sauce is legit. So right. If you don't win the contest, you need. Do you guys put a link up that they can yeah. buy it on? Yeah. Yeah, you need to go buy a bottle. It's it's worth every dime. And, and the sauce is actually from our our actual. What episode was that? Uh, like four somewhere yeah, around the ballpark. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, from Bad Mother Smokers. So mm-hmm. go back and listen to his podcast. He's a pretty interesting cat. Yeah, and so. again, if you use promo code Mojo, <coughs> you use promo code Mojo, you get ten percent off your order. So you don't even have to win a contest. You anytime know. you like want to order it, just use promo code Mojo and you get ten percent off. Nice. So there's that. All right, so we're going to uh, go to some wacky news. Insert music here. So some wacky news. What do you what do you got for us? Ooh, I don't even know if you want me to read this one. But 
I'll, we, I'll skip over that one and, and maybe come back to it in a second. So. Okay. That um, one's, you're going to have to tread lightly on that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's see. There's uh, actually, I don't know if you ever heard of the, uh, a bicyclist by the name of Tom Dumoulin. I have not, no. Okay. Well, he's, he's actually a very pretty famous famous guy, but he is okay. not just famous now in the cycling community. Yep. He's internet internet famous. Oh, now. is he? Yeah. So um, let's let's kind of go back here. Tom du- uh, Tom Dumoulin abruptly pulled over during the stage 16 of the Euro d'Italia. Um, the reason wasn't Bless clear you. at first because, you know, because when the leaders, they have all these cars behind them, camera crews and things like that, <laughs> uh, until he took his gear off and squatted and took a roadside Poop. Oh. Uh, so when he was asked afterwards why he pulled over, Dumoulin <laughs> explained the obvious. So let, let's roll that right. clip real quick. That beautiful bean footage. Uh, to take a, a dump. Bueno, necesitaba uh, con perdón cagar. Uh, I could not hold it anymore. It was after <laughs> first time Stelvio. I started to feel it. La verdad es que me, me sentía realmente mal ahí en el descenso uh, de Stelvio. Y tenía que tuve que parar porque no podía continuar. Bueno, ¿cómo te sentías ahí solo intentando ir a por ellos, a los escapados? Bueno, decidí ir a por ellos, luchar, pelear, pelear y pelear. Y bueno, ya... Luego sacar conclusiones al final. Bueno, necesitaba... Con perdón. Bueno. Bueno. To take a dump. I don't know what. I don't know what's worse is actually asking these questions or the one who's actually having to interpret his his answers to another Here's, language. I got to give him props because he he interpreted without cracking up. I would have just <laughs> lost it. Yeah. Be like, nope, I, yeah. you're gonna have to say that. That's a yourself. true professional, right yeah. there. So. Yeah, um, it's like it's almost like Snoop Dogg's like hand sign person, yeah, sign language, sign person. language guy or gal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, the to uh, perseverance. Um, after he he imagine? was actually the leader at this time when he took over. Uh, had to take the old roadside poop. I'm assuming he rode his, his ass- butt in the grass, I guess. <laughs> but um, he uh, actually came back. He fell behind. Of course. Came back then. He actually came back. <laughs> nice choice of words, yeah, by the way. He fell behind. He actually came back the, the next day and uh, won the 16th stage. Um, even though it was kind of a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Keep <laughs> him coming. <laughs> Uh, he he did have a run and um, <laughs> actually ended up winning that stage, so it was pretty cool. Wow! But, um, but he's like I said, he is now internet famous. I, mean, I, I didn't know this cat before. Yeah. Now you know this cat, and reason why is because he pulled off the side of the road and took a poop. Where's the, where's the weirdest place you took a dump? Oh man, so many, mm. so many. But the the, the craziest one was uh, off of Interstate I eighty five. Okay, I had to run up a hill through thorn bushes. Ooh. And uh, here in the south, we have things called manure spreaders uh-huh. on the farms. It just you throw a load of crap in the back and it just yeah. sprays out. That's what the, that's you just what added the, to it. Yeah, just like I sprayed Agent Orange of the whole uh, <laughs> the whole entire forest there. Justin, do you have any? Oh any? my gosh, uh, I have so many stories. Really? So many stories. I think the craziest story is that I was in downtown Tampa <laughs> after a Rays game and. Uh, <laughs> And I had a ballpark hot dog, oh. <laughs> and it hit me like a ton of, well, yeah, yeah. It hit me real, real bad. On my way out of the stadium, I get in the car and I thought I could make it, and I was looking and looking. I was desperately looking for a portageon in downtown mm. Tampa. Couldn't find one. Finally, pull the car over. I see a church, 
and I run over and I take a squat <laughs> underneath the stairs of this church in downtown <laughs> Tampa, Florida. The old, but, the old Red Book hymn, The Holy Ground, that comes to mind. That's not the worst part of it. The oh, worst no. part is, is that it was so, uh, it was mm, so careful. extreme. <laughs> and I did I didn't have anything to wipe with. So I luckily had two shirts on, so I took oh. the bottom one off mm-hmm. and I'm using it mm-hmm. and then I get back in the car and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is that smell? Oh yeah. <laughs> I know what it is. It's all over my steering wheel, oh. all over my shoes. How? How is it on your steering wheel? It was everywhere, man. Oh, everywhere. And you have to take those roadside. And and yeah. then I have to I have to pull over like 10 minutes later at a gas station. Mm. Had to pull off the underpants as yeah. well. You had to throw those away. One, right? I, I felt Ugh. so sorry for the guy that was waiting on me at the gas station afterwards. <laughs> it was all because of the combination of um, uh, an energy drink. Mm. Uh-huh. That What's that? Um, that powder headache stuff? Uh, BC, BC powder. Powders, yeah. BC powder. And that, that hot dog at the... I had a migraine. And oh. man, oh, God. so a energy drink, BC powder, and a hot dog will give you the insta squirts. Huh? Like you've you'll never, des- you'll desecrate holy ground. And, I kind of want to try it. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. Weight. I called my wife on the way back oh, from, no. and I was telling her, and she was laughing so hard at me, she was crying. Oh my! Well, yeah. So that was. Mm. That's mine. Goodness gracious! Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say botanical garden. <laughs> outside lady, yeah. lady fertilizer too yeah yeah oh yeah they they got some free fertilizer on that one wow mm-hmm. mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing close was a cactus oh man hey buddy uh, yeah so anyway so that's that's that <clears throat> i pooped in a throw-up bag on an airplane before <laughs> uh, why didn't you just go in there because it was crap? occupied <laughs> <both of them. laughs> How did you do that? that Carefully. How did nobody see you do that? (laughs) They did. (laughs) I'm telling you, there is some relation. There is some relation to the belt or the button on your pants. And when you let those things go, it is like letting the dam up and, and let the water flow. So, so you're telling me you've got a throw up bag, mm-hmm. and you're standing in uh, standing up in the in the cabin. Were you in the aisle? No, was, it, where 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 the bathrooms were. There was the little area where the stewardess oh, served no. tea and coffee. Oh my gosh! Uh, so you're squatting, holding this bag, and just. Thump. Yeah, American Airlines. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not sorry after the past events oh of American Airlines, but, but uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> American always loses my luggage. So I, that's what. That's kind of like get that one back every on them. So. Oh, so then you wrap it up and just throw it away. Well, there you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah. What did you do with it? I set it on the ground. <laughs> 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 the bathrooms are still occupied. I had to go you back didn't to even my... throw it away? There was no way th- there was a trash can anywhere. <laughs> you just set it on the ground. Set it on the ground. Can you imagine that stewardess? Can you imagine? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say what the hell was <laughs> was mentioned on that blade several times. Oh my gosh, she has a story she's told over and over and over again. After that, now you guys have heard of the Mile High Club. Uh, I got one up on you. <laughs> wow, pooping in a throw up bag at thirty four thousand feet. That's oh pretty, my that's pretty gosh! Awesome. Wow. Oh, well, that's that's. That's incredible. That beats I, mine. I don't. I don't, think don't know that, about that. I'm... I don't think that can be beat. I mean, so somebody just saw you, like saw you just drop drawers and let her yeah. go. It, it, where I was, the angle of the first three seats <laughs> to the right to the, the window. Yeah, they they caught it all. Well, actually, one of them because the other two were asleep. Thank God. So. Oh, she's like, well, I don't think I'm gonna hey, get coffee this it, week. It hit. It oh hit. yeah. I mean, yeah. It hit. You gotta go. You gotta so, go. That's the greatest story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Besides Jesus. And then there's that one. Wow. Speaking of Jesus, uh, a a creationist sued the Grand Canyons for religious discrimination. I don't know if you heard this or not. Um, So basically there is a gentleman, Andrew Snelling, that uh, just finished up his uh, two-part 35-minute lecture about creationism uh, on YouTube. You can go check that out at any point. We'll put that up on the website, and you'll fall asleep in the first two seconds. (laughs) Uh, He is a prominent young earth creationist, and for years he's been giving lectures, guided biblical-themed Grand Canyon rafting tours. (laughs) Wow. Mm. He probably stays stays packed all the time. Oh, I'm sure. This is where Noah's Ark just cleared right through that thing. Anyway, works for a nonprofit. So anyway, he is trying to do some, uh, some research and the National uh, Park Service will not allow him to do his research because he's asking to take like 60 hand-sized rocks out of the Grand Canyon and do some research on those rocks, and they won't do it. So he's suing them. He's suing the park administrators and the Department of Interior that will not allow him to take those rocks out. Um, It is kind of ironic. There are like 80 other programs that are uh, allowed to actually do some research on the Grand Canyon trout fishing and things like that. So it is kind of funny that they're not letting him do his research, but I thought that was kind of funny that he's suing the Grand Canyon. So ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. You know, those type of people, I'll say that loosely, they, they make the rest of us who are actually <laughs> out there trying to do God's work look like we're morons, you know? Justin, what do you think about people that are just like, well, I was going to say, I think we're going to talk about cultural cultural relevancy yeah, later on. That. Right. All right. And what I want to say is just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Like, yeah. quit being idiots. All right. That's, that's all I have. That's, hey, that's pretty simple advice. That's in the red words, too. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think I could find it somewhere. <laughs> there's, there's a version of the Bible. It's the translation. Message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go, the message. Uh, you got anything else on the Wacky News? Um. Yes, I will tread lightly on Here this one. Here we go. That's right. Mm, I think right. you're going to like the this. The only reason I'm attracted to this, uh, I shouldn't say attracted. <laughs> the only reason I'm even interested in this story uh-huh. is because of the method. It's a transplant. It's a transplantation story. So. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah, um, it And is. for those who are just now listening, go back to episode one. I had a heart transplant. So mm. uh, there is a black gentleman in uh, <laughs> South Africa who uh, like this. Who actually had his, uh, had a mm. appendage mm-hmm. that you used to procreate with transplanted? Mm. Yeah. Um, this, the reason why the story is because it was white. <laughs> but not only that, though, the doctors are actually in about eight weeks will be tattooing it to mm. match his natural skin color. Mm. So um, the four year old man lost his uh, appendage. 
appendage during a botched circumcision 17 years <clears throat> ago. And last Wait, month became... What? And so he went around, went around for 17 years without. Oh my so, gosh. I didn't know that part of the story. Last month he became the world's third person to ever get such transplant. Wow. So. Ooh. Well, good for him. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and, but hey, everything looks like it's uh, on the up. <laughs> and. Uh, Careful. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, doctors are uh, are pretty, pretty sure that uh, everything's going to take. And. Yeah. Uh, he will live a fulfilled, full wow. life. So, um, yeah. Let me just replay this. A black man got yeah. a white man's, mm-hmm. and now they're going to tattoo what it. What happened to the other white man's junk? I guess he like, passed did, away. Was it like Lorena Bobbitt? It was just like, mm, I got next no, to No, I guess I, that or it could have been. I, I, no, I guess it wouldn't be that. I, I'm sure probably a deceased donor. But wow. Still, you can uh, donate that? Uh, there's only there have been other two other guys besides him that get points, so. <laughs> but I guess the answer is yes. So, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't. How does that even make you feel? It makes me kind of cringe a little bit. Yeah, but, but, I would um, not. I'd feel sorry for anybody. That, I won't donate that because I feel sorry for that person who got it. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. That's they might awful. be great. They they would probably be grateful though. You think so? I think so. Oh, and now he's he's got a. a uh, white guys and now dude that would be like the most interesting a, man in the world you think so i, I think, think it would so. be the opposite that's like a downgrade be like mm. no but i know well, i can understand that that myth you know yeah. mythological uh unicorn but <laughs> i think hey you got a story to tell you know i, I guarantee it's free bar drinks for the rest of his life he walks in he walks in he's like i bet you a beer i i have a white appendage and they're like oh no you're crazy and all of a sudden bam he drinks free for a night we are going downhill so quickly <laughs> on this episode i'm so sorry all right well that's uh, that's all on that story wow. so you can see it at, oh I'll, my I'll, gosh you, you can see it on the uh, new york post website yeah, so we'll actually, put a link on the website on our website oh wow okay i feel stupider <laughs> if nothing else on this uh on this show will make you stupider more stupider. More stupider. Is that stupider? It's stupider, right? Stupider it is. It's stupider it is. Oh, my gosh. We are a bunch of cute, silly people. All right. So time for some, uh, is that time of the month? The tears are flowing. They're coming once again. And I'm starting fights that I just can't win. Why do I try? All right. So we are going to do that time of the month. It's... That time of the month is when we will talk about the holidays that may not have, as you say, a Hallmark greeting card. Um, this will be the first episode in June, so let's uh, bring some heat with that. <clears throat> so June is Adopt-A-Cat Month. Mm. Nope, I hate cats. I like cats, but I like other people's cats because I can leave them. <laughs> I hate cats. You hate cats? I hate them. Uh, it's Alzheimer and Brain Awareness Month. <clears throat> Just in case you forget, it'll also be in June, July, August, and September, <laughs> just in case if you uh, don't know that. Right. Um, it is Black Music Month, Cataract Awareness Month, and uh, Georgia Blueberry Month. So those sound delicious. You know, I did not know Georgia actually had blueberries. I didn't know if that was a cash crop there. Yeah, there you go. That was the peach state. The biggest one is going to be the Gay, Lesbian, Transgender Pride Month. So there you go. Yeah, I'll have to ask uh, our, our one of our upcoming guests about that too. Yeah, so not just I'm saying we're all kind of guests. So uh, it is uh, Candy Month, Bathroom Reading Month. Oh, so <clears throat> there you go. Do you do a lot of bathroom reading? Yes. I do a lot yeah. of bathroom reading. I, I do that in emails. Mm-hmm. I've uh, actually finished up projects in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've mapped out the uh, cuisine for the next week. Yeah. So I nice. lose feeling in my feet. That's yeah. yes, yeah, that's a bad sign. When yeah. you yeah, when you lose the feeling in your feet, you're like, well, time, time to do the paperwork. Time to put the book down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some weekly holidays. Uh, let's see. National Bubba Day. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we get behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, National Donut Day. Mm-hmm. Love uh, it. Repeat Day. What? Repeat Day. Okay. Um, Old Maid's Day. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Um, let's see. Uh, National Garden Gardening Exercise Day. I usually huh. I usually pay the kid next door twenty bucks to do that. So. Uh, Best Friends Day. Yay. Uh, Donald Duck Day. Quack quack. Ice tea. Is it the wrapper or the actual just iced tea? It, this doesn't say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, the the beverage. There you go. Okay. So, flag day, mm-hmm. which is also my father's birthday. So happy birthday in the future, Bob McNeely of happy Anderson, birthday, South Carolina. Bob. Since you won't come on the show, I'll just oh. keep saying Bob McNeely from Anderson, South Carolina. You will be seventy two this year. Whoa, seventy two. Oh, that's right. Uh, Global Wind Day. I don't know if that's like a national <laughs> eat beans and yeah. I think so. Eat your veggies day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. National national hollering hollering cont- hollering contest. Yeehaw! Yeah. Uh, the eighteenth is like stock full of holidays. Yeah. This year. How about it? Yeah. How- Father's Day, Go Fishing Day, International Panic Day, hmm. International Picnic Day, International Sushi Day, <laughs> International Sporge Day, Turkey uh, Lovers Day. <laughs> what the National heck? Kissing Kissing Day is on the nineteenth. Hey, buddy. Log Cabin Day, National Pink Day. <laughs> Jeez, man, there's all kinds of freaking Global Smurf Day is the 22nd. Want to point that one out? National Smurf Day. I don't yep. see that on my list here. So yeah, uh, Beautician's Day. So make sure you take your beautician. I don't think they call that anymore, but hmm. you can take them a special prize. So here's my favorite holiday of them all. It is on the set the second of the month, and it is actually called. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yell fudge. At the Cobras in North America Day. That's an actual day. <laughs> Yell fudge at the Cobras in North America. One, do we even have Cobras? That, are they talking about like a minor league sports team or, or the Cobra Mustang cars or uh, the actual reptiles? Maybe. Huh. I don't know. There's no link there, but I mean, Cobras in North America. And why are you yelling fudge at them? And why are you even talking to them? Seems ridiculous. I think if you ever see a cobra in North America on a trail, I think you don't have to use the word fudge. I think you can actually use a word that you're intending to say. Yeah, probably. Because that's pretty serious. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there's that time of the month. So you can Hallmark, celebrate. Hallmark, you guys got to get, you know. Get on it. Get ahead of the times here. So there's a few holidays I don't <laughs> see cards for. I'm going to get you a card for National Bubba Day. Dude, that would be, that'd be awesome. Also, like a, maybe a cutoff shirt. <laughs> a sleeveless shirt. There you go. All right, well, that's uh, that time of the month. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have our guest, Justin Wallace, with us talk about religion. So, Speaking of bubbles. You may want to stick around for that. We'll be back. You're listening to Southern Fried Philosophy. Hey, guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you, too, can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out BadMotherSmokers.com to place your order. And if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit BadMotherSmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at SouthernFriedPhilosophy.com.
Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We ain't got no time for no Red Book hymnal songs today. We got our pastor in from One Life Church here in Concord, North Carolina. We have pa- uh, Pastor Justin Wallace, or we like to officially call him as Padre. Yeah. <laughs> from San Diego. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, hey, Justin, thanks for coming in again. And uh, we're going to probably just snowball some questions. Spitball some questions. There you go. Yeah, I'd rather spit than snowball. Yeah, there you go. Just saying. We're just going to kind of talk about, I, get, I think the last episode, what we talked about was kind of millennials. Just trying to understand them because I have my daughter. He's kind of on the tail end of that uh, that generation. And we kind of want to, yeah, I'm just trying to understand her. Right, <laughs> so, sure. But, um, and you've worked with college kids for, you know, years before you came to our church. And um, so now we, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about faith, kind of dive into it. So. Mm-hmm. I guess the modern church, because I, I think we've kind of talked about our backgrounds before. I, I grew up in a very staunch mm. uh, Church of God, Pentecostal church, and big. And you grew up Southern Baptist, good old, bring very out rigid. Yeah, everything's in a box. Yeah, and uh, where where are we at today with church? It's wide open. For I mean, you there, I mean, you see the rise of these non denominational mega churches, mm-hmm. and we're non we're the non denominational too. So, where are we at in culture right now? I mean, you see the largest growth. I think is not with traditional churches. Um, you see a lot of these churches kind of insolvent now and uh, shutting, shuddering. But you see globally, I mean, some of these churches like Hillsong out in Australia and mm-hmm. New York and um, the pretty boy from uh, the, <laughs> the Pacific Rim. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Joseph something. I can't uh, remember. Pretty boy. He's, I mean, he's got a church of 100,000. Wow. Yeah. So it's non-denominational. So anyway, we've seen Can this you imagine of, the parking on 100,000 people church? Good night. Could you imagine the brochure guy that has to hand out tra- <laughs> the program guy? <laughs> the programs with pens. I mean, but uh, that would Hate be. Kind of, that could you imagine the coffee bar guy? Oh, oh my gosh! So where where are we at? What do you, what do you see? Kind of uh, where we're at culturally right now? Man, that's a that's a huge question. I um, always try to start off easy. Yeah, it depends on which Justin you're asking. If it's the pessimistic <laughs> or the optimistic, um, you know, I, honestly, like I try to be, I try to be a realist. Um, I think a lot of times Christians and want to um, make things uh, look better than they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, with it, when it comes to those, you know, those big churches, like, oh my gosh, we've got the fastest growing churches. You know, we put mm-hmm. out the list of the twenty five fastest growing churches. Look at all these people, and I mean, what I've experienced over, I don't know, fourteen years of living in Charlotte is, is that those churches come and and they're kind of a revolving door. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a really really fast revolving door um, of people that come and go and and I'm not you know I don't want to knock them because I mean they present the gospel and you see a lot yeah. of people that that respond to the gospel but sure. then when they get to this point of wanting discipleship or wanting to go you know whatever language you want to use whatever you, they want to go deeper then they seem to find their way out pretty quickly and um, and then I think another thing is just a lack of and I, I was thinking about this tonight, like the lack of transparency um, mm. when it comes to um, church leadership. Like when we think about the relevancy of the church and culture, and and our our reputation and our how people see us that aren't in who aren't in our in our four walls. Mm. Um, you know, I I just think there are some things like I said this earlier, like just stop it, like just <laughs> yeah. for real, like. Stop the the secrecy of of budgets and stop the like stop sleeping with your secretary and stop mm. like just stop. the the house of cards political yeah I think that was kind of the downfall of Mars Hill 
you know. Oh, I mean, stop being like I. I thought about this on my drive over here. Like, stop being an ass. Yeah. Like just straight up. Like, and and a lot of times. So when you ask me what is our, how are we viewed? You know, what's our what's our place? Like, there's so many words that come to mind, um, for people when they think about the church. And even if I'm honest, like the people that are in the church think those things. Yeah. You know, and so. Now the church is the hope. Uh, the hope, like it's it's God's plan A. Like I love the church, mm-hmm. and and I give my life to to her, like to the church, and I believe in it. It's just that we're we are choosing so to put our energy and our efforts towards so many things that are fleeting and that mm-hmm. change yeah. so quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think I think a lot of people that are outside of the church see right through that. Yeah. So I agree. I think one of the things that, that I'm even struggling with now is, and we've talked about this before the show, is just scripture and the light of scripture and, and how much of it is culturally, culturally relevant in that time period mm-hmm. and how much of it is truth for us now. Mm-hmm. And where's that line of this is what scripture says, but it doesn't line up with our culture now, or is that still the truth even in our culture? So I guess give, give a small example. I mean, well, you, you look at, at women in, in leadership, right? Yeah. So the Bible will say, like, for deacons, like women, the, the scriptures say, you know, don't, you know, don't have a, a woman as a deacon mm-hmm. um, or don't let them teach men. Yeah. But you look at the culture and the context and women were viewed as property. They, were, they mm-hmm. didn't go to class. They didn't go to school. They weren't educated in that time period, but they are now. So because of that, uh, does that allow them now to to lead and to teach? Well, I think I think um, we have to do some really hard work yeah. when it comes to interpreting the really tough scriptures. And and what I say is is that um, don't do that in a silo. Like, don't mm. do that in a silo of of just your own background tradition, your own church tradition. Um, go out and listen to some people and read some things. And I mean, I I love the Bible, and I I think the Bible is. Um, God's word. And I believe that the Bible is, is God breathed. And I think every time I open its pages, it's God breathing all over me. And, mm. and I, I try to read it every single day. And, and, um, uh, but there are some tough things in there, you know, and, and, uh, and, and there are a lot of cultural things in there that we have to wrestle with. I, I think the most important thing for us to understand is that Jesus was like for the just using that example of mm-hmm. women like Jesus was pro women right. in a culture yeah. that was anti women and that did see a culture that saw and and a religious system to be honest like a religious system that saw women as property mm-hmm. and as something to be discarded I mean you just look at the story of the woman who was caught in adultery by the Pharisees mm-hmm. like set up in adultery is really what was happening like they used her just as a discarded a discarded piece of 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 meat to catch Jesus, yeah. you know, but Jesus didn't see women like that. Jesus, yeah. Jesus's whole ministry was funded by a group of women. Sure. So, I mean, Jesus, two of Jesus's closest friends were Mary and Martha. Two, I mean, the 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 people other than John at the at the cross were women, mm-hmm. and so Jesus was a revolutionary. Like he. He loved women, and so when Paul writes those words, we have to we have to understand that Paul Paul was interpreting the way of Jesus. Paul wasn't it wasn't the way of Paul. Paul mm-hmm. was interpreting the way of Jesus. So we have to when we come to those hard scriptures, we have to see it through the lens of how Jesus mm-hmm. 
Mm. how Jesus interacted with people. Well, the way Jesus interacted with women was that they were the ones that funded his ministry. They had high levels of leadership mm. in in his ministry, right? He washed their feet. Yeah, like they. So, so he he uh, gave them dignity when no one else was. So when we're inter- interpreting Paul, and that's what most of us, you know, that's where a lot of our struggle is. When we're interpreting Paul, we have to always remind ourselves that Paul was never contradicting Jesus. Mm-hmm. He would have never contradicted Jesus. He was interpreting Jesus for the church. And as he was doing so, he was doing so in a culture. And if our interpretation of Paul stands in contrast to what we see in Jesus, then we are we are poorly interpreting Paul. Well, I think also, I think Paul directed answers to questions directly to churches, the certain mm-hmm. church in a certain yeah. area, like the, the yes. Church of Corinth, the Church of Ephesus, and things like that. These yeah. are direct problems that these churches had. Absolutely, directly. absolutely. So, so it could be said it's almost like culturally or demographic a lot of those things were yeah so like uh when when paul talks about you know uh women being silent he's writing that to a specific church and who i mean you know i've read all kinds of commentaries on that and and just the the idea of that is is that the women were just like they it was gossip Right. They were coming yeah. in and they were just talking about everything and anything, you know, like if you've ever been around a, a six year old girl, you know, this like yeah. they can talk like my daughter started talking tonight and she talked for like 20 minutes straight, you know, and, and Paul was probably just like, ladies, like maybe it's time just to like turn your ears on. Yeah. You know, well, which is a good word for the church today, not just the ladies, but for all sure. of us as Christians, like. Shut the mouth off, turn the ears on, and listen. Listen to the Father, you know? Listen to the people around you. So we have to do that hard work. Yeah, they were leading that uh, that prayer ministry. It was like, hey, uh, let's let's pray for so-and-so, because did you hear what she just did yeah. last week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had that at the church growing up. You know, it was yeah. prayer time, but it was uh, really gossip, gossip time, time is yeah. what it was. With all due sure. respect. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's just a struggle, you know? And, and how do we find that cultural context and how do we pull that out? But that totally makes sense. Um, And the struggle is good. You know, I, I, growing up, I was always, I'm a doubter. Hmm. Like the, 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 I was always told like, don't ask, don't ask those questions. Yeah. You know? And, and, um, Mm. and so, um, those questions are welcome and the struggle is welcome. And I mean, we see that in Nicodemus and the ministry of Jesus. Like he kept, he continued to, meet Nicodemus where he was in his reality and he continued to accept Nicodemus's struggle and and so the the struggle is great it's good it's the it's the ask seek and knock continue to ask to seek and knock mm-hmm. i think just going back like where's the church right now like the church needs to be leading the way in keep keep struggling keep asking questions keep mm-hmm. doubting mm-hmm. keep keep on that road because God meets you there, and beautiful things will happen when you continue down that road. Yeah. Well, I think it's also it's just like uh, this is kind of a far-off analogy, <laughs> but, you know, like like boxers. The reason why their fists are so strong is they keep punching. Mm. Those punches keep creating little mm. small cracks, and those yep. cracks grow back stronger. I think mm. also with faith, I think as long as you keep hitting that wall, asking questions, I think your faith becomes stronger. Oh, man. Yeah. We're – Nicole and I are, my wife and I are um, working on our property and my dad was 
my dad was uh, taking a big, we're, we're cutting down some trees and we're taking out these big, um, uh, the, the, uh, stumps? the stumps of the trees. And last weekend he was out there and he's got this backhoe and he's digging. Like, I mean, he's 10 feet into the ground mm. and I look down and there's this massive, um, root. It's the, it's the what do they call those the uh it's it's the main root of this tree right and they say that the root goes down as deep mm-hmm. as the tree is high mm-hmm. and this was like a hundred foot tree wow and i was sitting there and i was watching my dad dig this up and i was thinking about like the words of jesus of of us like remaining in him mm-hmm. or the words of paul taking our roots down deep into the love of the father and i was thinking like Man, my dad struggled. It was a struggle to get that that stump up out of the ground. Yeah. And when we when we pound it, you know, when we struggle and struggle and struggle, our faith is going to continue to go deeper and yeah. deeper and deeper, and nothing is going to knock us off. Mm. And I, I mean, I think that's where the I think that's where the faithfulness is. Yeah. But we've got to struggle. We can't just take things that you know just surface. Well, going back to the that's because. The, I guess going back to the um, kind of the more modern church in a lot of these bigger churches, you know, like I said, they just kind of they, they preach on super not superficial things, but they the basics, I guess, and just to put it bluntly, the surface, yeah. yeah. And I, I, people will spend more time learning about faith than actually practicing it mm-hmm. in, in walking that faith. So that's the problem I see with with a lot of a lot of the modern day church. Also, I see some benefits too. I mean. Uh, People are more living in love, walking in love, and, lo- and walking in action. Yeah, I think it's more of an action-based culture. I don't, I don't know that it really matters what size church you have. I, I've mm-hmm. I have seen churches of fifty people where it's either all about information or all about behavior modification, sin mm-hmm. management, behavior like innovation of your faith. You know, going out and sharing your faith or doing this or that. Like, um, and I think we we see Jesus that differentiates him from a lot of what we see today is his willingness to make his life available Mm. to the people that he was discipling. Mm. And I I call that imitation, but like you could have a church of 10,000 people where the pastor is not accessible, or you can have a church of 50 people where the pastor decides my life's not accessible. I'm just going to give you the right information. But where I think what people are longing for I really do. I think what people are longing for, and I think the only place they can find it is in the church, is is this willingness to make my life available. And as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, watch me and learn from me and watch the ups and downs, watch the struggles, watch the doubts, you know, watch the places where I am just completely in need of grace. Like, we don't do enough of that because yeah. we're terrified of being found out but pastors got to get over that. I mean, we yeah. got we got to be on the front lines of just saying, "Here's my life. Watch it." Yeah. And um, you know, watch me how I raise my kids. Watch me in my marriage. Watch my finances. Like, you know, watch watch my pursuit of God. Watch my struggle. Watch my doubt. Like all those things. And um, I think the world is watching the church. I mean, we see it in politics too. Yeah. I mean, we see it. We see it in athletes. You know, like. We see it all over the place. We, we're terrified of being found out, but in, pastors need to be different. <clears throat> we got to be the ones that say, here I am. Like, just watch. Here's my life. And I'm not going to be perfect all the time, but you can watch it and you can imitate it, you know? And um, I, I don't care how, what size church you have. You just don't see a lot of that. Well, I think also a lot of that is to do kind of with a follow-up question. 
um, I have that someone submitted to me. Um, I think a lot of times pastors are, are afraid to put their neck on the line just because of another mistake another pastor made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times they don't want that to be falsely attributed to them as like all of a sudden you're kind of this hidden class that, you know, of yeah. secret sinners, you know, that type of thing. But um, uh, for, I, I sent out kind of a question to about probably 10 people just said, hey, if you could ask a pastor a question, and these are these are all non-believers, um, what would you ask the pastor? And one of the questions kind of resounded with me was, how do we rectify the sins of the church of the of the old to a more graceful church of now? Hmm. And I think specifically were the the overtones of um, anyone who didn't uh, look like me, follow like me, live like me, automatically throw them in the pits of hell. Yeah. So. Well, I think first and foremost, we have to accept our past. Um, Mm. We have a we we have a very um, scarred and littered past of of very, very destructive and terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to accept that. And, you know, I did a thing on the campus of UNC Charlotte a few years ago called, I've got a problem with Christianity. How about you? And, um, I just allowed people to come in the room and just express those, those pains and those wounds. And, um, and I didn't try to defend you can't defend it because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, like my favorite, one of my favorite artists is propaganda. And he talks about that all the time. Like we cannot defend the racism of our religion. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't defend the misogyny of our religion. You can't defend the um, hypocrisy of our religion. Like you have to accept it and, and say that God's still not done. Like he's, he's not finished and we're learning and, and you have to, and then you have to ask for forgiveness. I remember standing on a stage with college students and just saying, will you forgive me mm-hmm. for that? Because those are my brothers and sisters that committed those sins against the world. Right. And so, um, I'm a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's my history. And, and, um, you know, and I, and, and the honest, <laughs> honestly, like I, I have those things in me, like I have them in me. I have, I have racism that runs through my bones. Mm. Like I have those terrible things that are in me, and and I'm every day trying to take up my cross and die to those. Yeah, you know, and and when I fail, I need forgiveness, and when I fail, I need to to learn and evolve. Um, I, I think the other thing is, um. I had a good friend one time. I I've been really burnt by the church. I um I was fired twice um, by what I thought was my dream jobs um, within eighteen months, wow. and I was almost I was done with the church, and um and then received an invitation to start a church of college students, and I I took it and and um, I remember sitting down with a buddy of mine at lunch over and over and over again, and I would. I would say what I didn't want to be. Like I would talk about all <laughs> right. these things. I'm not going to be that, yeah. you know, like in every new thing that would piss me off about the church, I'd be like, I'm not going to be that. Yeah. And one day he stopped me. He goes, Justin, I know all the things that you don't want to be, but I have no idea what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I just remember thinking like, I need to start dreaming about what, what is the church that Jesus has in mind? What's that look like? Yeah. And so, you know, um, yes, 
like I ha- I come from that long lineage of of pain and hurt, but I also want to say to people like your friend, like I want to dream about something different. And I, I believe that Jesus has more. And I don't think that he's done. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's finished with me. And I don't think he's finished with the church. And I don't think he's finished with my brothers and sisters that are racist and homophobic and, and like whatever else other word you want to tag on them. Right. Like judgmental, um, you know, like all those things. Like I don't think he's finished. Any word that you get, any word that would get you kicked off a of college campus, yeah. basically. <laughs> safe space. Yeah. Like, gotcha. He's not done. Yeah. He's not finished. And thank goodness that he's not done. Yes. If he's done with them, he's done with me. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah. So that's what I would, I I would, I would say. Yeah. I remember reading in Don Miller's book, blue like jazz, where they set up a confession booth, uh, in one of the college campuses. And and the story was that people were coming in thinking that they were supposed to confess. And he was like, no, 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 I'm confessing to you. Yeah. Like I'm a racist. That's what that's, that That was was our, uh, that, that really inspired our mm-hmm. our discussion night of I've got a problem with Christianity. We had a group of Christians come in one of the first times, and um, about five minutes in, they started hurling insults at me, like mm-hmm. just lobbing grenades. And they were so angry yeah. because they're like, you've got this whole room of people. I mean, we had 150 people in this room. And they're like, you've got this whole room of people, and you're not going to give them the answers. And I'm like, I don't think that's what I set this night up for. Yeah, Like, I came here to say I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to confess the places where we're short. They were so angry that they marched out yelling and screaming and pointing their fingers at me. Wow. Like I, I, I just think that just curious what, what exactly were they looking for? The, the Christians the in people, that room, the people that marched out. Yeah. They were looking for me to, to give them the answers, mm. you know? And I've been, I've always been caught in that middle, whether mm. it was being on the side where I'm not, I'm n- I don't give enough truth. Like I don't give the right answers. So that group of people, they outcast me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then I'm on the other side and they're like, well, you're not lenient enough or you're not like you're, you're, you're not. And so living in the middle, which is, I think is where Jesus tried to live, <laughs> yeah. like living in the middle and being revolutionary in a culture that seems to be so divided. Mm. And it's like, get in my boat, get in my boat, get in my boat. Living in the middle will get you killed. That's so true. <laughs> Why did you give the church a second chance? Oh man, I'm insane. I think it's <laughs> well, uh, okay. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no, I um I gave the church another chance because I realized that it the church is God's plan A, and mm. and I started I started talking to God about like is it does it have to be this way or can it be different? And I had a group of buddies, um, friend Nathan, um, my friend we call him Cat Daniel my friend Faust and um, I remember us sitting around around a a bonfire and, um, and some good meats. And we just, we were like, there's, it's gotta be different. It's gotta be different. And, and we started dreaming. And for some reason that, that infused my heart with the hope that God wasn't done with the church. And that maybe if I could, if God could do a work in me, a new work in me that it could actually produce something beautiful called the church. And, um, and I got to be, you know, a part of that and I got to, I get to be a part of it. You know, I get to be a part of it one life right now, like seeing a place like that, that it's actually happening. It's actually possible. Um, you know, so 
Um, for me, a lot of times, like probably weekly, I have to give the church another chance because I, I revert mm-hmm. back to those, those wounds and the, that pain. Um, and I oftentimes, like if an elder calls me, I immediately think that something bad's happening. Like yeah. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's natural human. Reaction. It's yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's my, you know, what, uh, it's like, it, it's just, it, it comes up in me. I'm like, Oh crap. Like I'm going to lose my job again, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I'm believing that it can be can be different. I think one of the the hardest things in in, in this walk. I mean, Jesus says it's not going to be easy, right? Mm. It's going to be difficult the whole time. Is just you get to a, a point in your walk where you're like, I think I'm good, and you just stay mm. there. You know, like, oh, I've got this handled. So now I can just chill out. I can put it on autopilot, and I could you know serve here. Or I could do this or I could do that. But I think where what separates them for I think those are like the traditional regular Jesus-y people, right? But I think that the the church is just stuck with a lot of those people that mm. don't want to go deeper, that don't do that. So how can you how do you motivate people? The same pew sitters. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, at what point do you say that's not real life change? You you're just, you know, filling up a seat. Like where's the real life change begin? And maybe what do you tell people? Like how do you go deeper? Like what mm. what makes this Jesus thing actually real. Cause there's a lot of people out there in church and out of church that says, I don't believe this Jesus guy. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how can you know that it's real? How do you go from first base to second base? <laughs> yeah. That was my entire teenage question. <laughs> no, but my whole no, teenage no, but question was no. how do I, how do I avoid going to second base? Like that oh, was, yeah. Yeah. that's what I was taught. Like stay on first base, stay on first base, stay on first base. I want oh to, crap. I'm, I'm real. I, I think I'm caught in a pickle between first I, and my, second base. My, my, my only question was, can I, can I get a ball field somewhere? <laughs> I had no ball fields. No, but seriously, yeah. like, you know, that's yeah. as, as a Christian. Yeah. Is that I, I want to go yeah. to, from second to third home run. I mean, yeah. because that's, that's the whole goal. Is having having a relationship with Christ and and the Father, I mean, well, and having having one that you can rely on. Where mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It, and yeah. I, I, at times, I've been all the way around. Yeah. Other times, you pull back and am I alone here? Mm-hmm. I mean, our uh, all of our our good friend Daniel, he's our, my co-pastor at One Life. Um, he always he always reminds me to remember that people are doing their best. And, um, that's been a big thing for me. Like I, I'm, um, I have high expectations and my, my counselor tells me I have a whole, a whole toolbox of resources that I can pull from. And so, um, but not everyone has, has the same, same resources. We all have different, Mm. different things that we're pulling from. And so I have to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're, they're giving their best, that they're doing their best. And, and just as God met me in my reality, Mm he meets them in their reality. And so I think this is a big problem that people have with the church is we're not only judgmental of those outside of the church we're judgmental of those inside the church. Mm-hmm. And we, we, they need grace and grace is <coughs> grace is about presence. Gra- grace is about being present with someone in their reality. So how do I, how do I step into that with someone? I try to find where they are, like mm. what is their reality. So if they're, if they're, you know, if they're just a pew sitter, like well, I mean, we've got those at one life. We, mm. I mean, people that just come on Sundays, like yeah. that may be their best, and and 
and I want to jump to some conclusion and I want to, I want to judge and I want to, yeah. you know, I want to call them out and all those things. Like I, that's in me because I'm, I'm a person, I'm an achiever. I'm a, I'm, I'm high expectations, mm-hmm. you know, I'm high capacity, all those things. But then I find out in their story that they were working until 4 a.m. the night before mm-hmm. and they dragged themselves in 15 minutes late to church on Sunday. Yeah. And that's the best they got. And yeah. I have to meet them there because that's where God met me. God met me in mm-hmm. my reality. And he offered me grace in that place. And over 36 and a half years, um, he has been on this journey of transforming me little by little, you know, and that's what it is. It's little by little. The tortoise always wins the the race. And that drives me absolutely (laughs) mad because I want to be the, the freaking rabbit that wins the race, but he doesn't win the race. The rabbit, the, the, the turtle, the tortoise always wins the race and it's slow and it's, it's inch by inch. And, um, and so I have to meet people where they are and I have to give them grace and I have to be willing to move slow. Hmm. Well, I have a buddy of mine who's, um, my, my tattoo artist, but one of my best friends, uh, his father's a truck driver, been uh, delivering milk seven days a week, probably for 50 years. I mean, wow. you guys should be hmm. sitting at home in a recliner watching days of our lives, <laughs> but he just refused to retire. And, uh, me and my buddy Dave were talking uh, a few weeks ago we're just talking about traveling and I think this kind of relates to life and also faith, but his dad, you know, other truckers were asking his dad, how do you get to a place so quickly? I passed you three times on the interstate. And his dad says, I keep my door closed and on the road. Mm. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's, I think that's kind of the, Mm. the, the truth is that we, we stay on the road. We don't get distracted by um, off ramps of, of life and, and the external, components but we we stay focused on our road and how we walk and and no matter what speed that is eugene peterson calls it long obedience in the same direction Mm -hmm. and um and and that's in in a culture that's constantly changing and always moving and we have to be culturally relevant and all those things like we have to we have to be in tune with what what god is doing in the culture and all those things but in the end, it's it's long obedience in the same direction, and um, that's hard. It, it's it's really really hard. It's very hard, but um, it also produces fruit in my life and in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Another question from another person. I kind of tweaked this answer to kind of sound stupid, but man, our question: um, How do we make the gospel of Christ great again? Since I know you're a huge Trump fan. <laughs> um, now I know this. This is a facetious question because mm-hmm. the gospel crisis for everyone for any period of time. Mm-hmm. So, how do we make it ex- more palatable yeah. to this generation, but also a generation that has like I'm a Gen X, mm-hmm. and a lot of Gen Xers are lost mm-hmm. just because of the traumas of the past and. Mm-hmm. In church, so how do how do we make it real? How do we present it to them in a in in, in a positive manner, in a, a new manner, in a new light? Besides the old John three sixteen hanging, you know, holding a sign up at a sports sports yeah. game. That's the gospel um, right there. Um, <laughs> at an Alabama football game. You know, it's funny. You, how do we make the gospel great again? Um, you might have the answer there, and that is. Um, we as Christians actually have to believe that the gospel is enough. Mm, there you go. 
like we have to believe that the gospel is our hope. Um, uh, when we when we as Christians start to believe that politics are our hope, or um, consumerism, or um, whatever, like just say it, you know, like more jobs or whatever it is, when we start putting our hope in that, we become the new Babylon. We become the new, we become Israel where it was like, oh gosh, God's been up on that mountain a really long time. We need to, we need to build a golden calf. Those become our gods. Yeah. Like we've, we've got to, because we, we lose, we, we are, we become impatient that the gospel is our only, only hope. And, and I think the world is longing for a group of people that honestly believes that the gospel of Jesus, that God, our God, Yahweh, was the God that is different than any other God. And the reason that he's different is because he did not stay at a distance from us, but he came to us and took mm-hmm. on flesh and walked among us. And then he took our right, he took our place and he took our punishment and he, he took our sin upon himself to give us in exchange new identities and son and daughter, sons and daughters that that is my hope mm. that alone and nothing else is my hope there's not a political party that's my hope there is not a there's not a political like um idea that is my hope like there's none of that that is my hope and to be honest like if i wasn't a part of the church Right now in 2017, I would be so disgusted mm-hmm. with the evangelical church that I would not even give it a second thought because it is so wound up in politics. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. And it, what it's saying to the world is, I don't, this gospel that I'm proclaiming, I know that I don't believe it's enough. <laughs> I don't believe it's enough. I have to I have to have another layer and this layer and this layer and I need this politician. I don't need any of that. Right. It, it, so, you, so you're saying you believe in separation of church and state? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And what that means is I cuz I've been wrestling with that and this, you know, mm-hmm. growing up where I grew up, like this would this would sound bad, but <laughs> I don't care what people do in America. Like yeah. honestly, like if <laughs> I mean, America is a land of the free. Like, people should be free to do whatever they want. And I don't care. Right. Because my hope is not in America. My hope is not in the political system. My hope is in the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. And so I don't need to be wrapped up in church and state. And, you know, like, I think one of the questions was, how do I benefit tax wise from from that connection yeah i mean i i do i have i have an accountant and but it's not you know i'm not looking for loopholes i'm not setting up new 501c3s every month to try to get my like i'm you know i'm not getting how how much do you spend on your wardrobe budget yeah Yeah. i bought these these shorts right here at walmart so you know like you know yes i i do benefit in some way from that and And there are pastors out there that use and abuse so they they absolutely do and i and my conversation with my accountant all the time which is my friend faust that i referred to earlier like, so you, so you didn't make a Faustian deal. Is, is, is him and I, he's always like looking to make sure he's always protecting my integrity. Sure. You know, and because I don't want to take advantage of that. Um, but I do believe in, in the separation of church and state. I don't need the state, whatever that means, 
to help. Like, I, I don't need that for the gospel to grow or for the church to grow or for Jesus to his kingdom to advance here on earth. Like I, I, these are two separate ideas, two separate things. My argument would be that the gospel was never not great. We just had a bunch of idiots that were trying to mm. to, to live a way that wasn't. Well, I think they took. I, 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 I think they took the original yeah. message yeah. and just muddied it for their own personal gain. Some, yeah. some did. Some, some didn't. You know, there's great founding fathers and desert fathers, as they call them, of, of the church. Um, but there, there were some but as, as America as a whole, we got the Bible and we wrapped it up in the flag and then all of a sudden mm. it became together, right? Yeah. It, it was, it was glued together. I, th- I think yeah. that, yeah. And I think that happens with a lot of nation states. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at India with their, with their thinkers are, I mean, they're next door to Pakistan. Yeah. But India is just like, whatever, whatever you want to believe, knock yourself out. No, no, out. no, I, no, I agree with that. But, um, I think as as countries we tend to do that, and I, I've been guilty of it too. We you know all we yeah. all do it. We are all Israel, like mm-hmm. that's our story. We are all not not the nation state of Israel right. in 2017. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the people of Israel, the people of God. That story is my story. Yeah. Yeah. So we are. I'm that is my story. So I constantly am. I'm the. I am the pagan idolater. Like I am the right. one that is constantly looking for something because I don't believe that the gospel of Jesus is enough. Huh. And so um, we we are all there. And, and I think it's important to be able to say that, right. to say like, that is me and it's in me. And every day I am, I'm, we, to use a Christian word, I'm repenting, which means I'm coming awake to the reality that God has his kingdom in front of me. You know, and so like every day I have to wake up and I have to be looking at, is the gospel enough today? Yeah. And, mm. and that's, that's the call. Like, come follow me. Like you're going to leave everything and you're going to believe that I'm enough. Well, this is actually one of the questions I think you just answered, but how often do you, uh, do you have to remind yourself, uh, that you believe <laughs> in what everything you preach? So I guess I would say daily. Every, a moment by moment. Yeah. Sometimes I don't believe it. I mean, yeah, yeah. just to be yeah. honest, like I, I, um, I mean, to say that most Sunday mornings, I'm every Sunday morning I'm preaching to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might as well be preaching in a mirror. I'm, and I, I only preach what I've experienced, mm. and so, and I only when I'm discipling people when I'm when I'm teaching anything like I'm only, I'm only teaching and sharing what I'm experiencing in me. And so, um, I'm a doubter. I'm a skeptic. I am, um, (laughs) yeah, that's who I am. Like I'm that through and through. So every day I'm, I need a reminder from my brothers and sisters and from, um, from the father, like that I am his son and I, I forget that minute by minute. But I, I was always the kid with my parents and also at church. You know, they'd make a statement or a comment, and I'd be like, but why? Mm-hmm. Or why? Or how? I mean, I, I was always a questioner, too. So, yep. um, I think one of my favorite is, is the story of, of Jesus healing the this guy's daughter. And uh, he's like, Jesus, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Yeah. And that's just me. It's like, I believe in you, but... Oh, help me in my unbelief. Yeah. Because there's so many times and minutes and seconds that just go by and that, you know, like, did I really believe? Do I really believe that? One (laughs) author said, I want to want. 
yeah. to believe. Like today I'm waking up and I want to want to believe. That's a good first <laughs> right. step, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's got to be okay. Yeah. It's got to be okay. And, I mean, we are talking about us as finite beings and covered in flesh trying to be made one with the infinite divine. Mm. You know, like I, I tell married couples all the time, like marriage, marriage is difficult because you're taking two pieces of flesh and making them one. Like if you think about that, that's a really difficult process. You know, well, hey, not hey, to the guy from South Africa. <laughs> hey, we, we can even relate that to my heart transplant, where I'm, yeah. I'm constant. I'm in constant warning of rejection. Yes, all the time. You are, and and the same can be said of me as a mortal, finite being, being made one as Jesus prays with mm. the infinite, with the divine, with with God, with my Creator. Like that is that is a road that like it's it's. It's full of joy. It's full of love. It's but it's me every day waking up with hands open saying, um, I'm going to I'm going to receive what is being spoken over me, and that is that I'm I'm his kid, you know, and he's that that's good. Like mm-hmm. I need to hear that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Do you carry those old Bible tracks around with you that says uh, repent or go to hell? <laughs> Leave them on the back of the toilet. It's a cracker barrel. I I do not. Yeah, I no, never I have. <laughs> I don't. I, those uh... things annoy me. I'm just going to be honest. I throw them in the trash every time. I used to or the toilet and pee on them. I used to do it. Yeah. I used to be that guy. Really? I would put yeah. them on there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, oh, man, you know, that's that's the place of, like, where where we have separated where we have separated the gospel from being present in people's lives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and, and, um, we don't want to do the hard work of, yeah. I of think rubbing elbows with people who aren't like us. And we don't want to do it. Like you even said at the beginning of the show, like we don't want to do the hard work of, of anything. We just yeah. want our, our Jesus to be fed to us and yeah. we leave and, and don't want what's to the, deal What's with the it? author's name that came to our church and spoke about the proximity? Uh, David Hickman. Okay, David Hickman. If you're out there listening to us, we'd like to talk to you. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think the biggest takeaway from him coming and uh, his book is that we have grown up. I mean, I, and I have. I grew up in church. From um, I may have been. Hey, I may, my mom and dad may have conceived me on a pew. I don't know. But, hey, they <laughs> had their they had their, they had their standard pew. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> they sat in the pew for the same same pew for forty years. So um, is that. I was raised in church. I had certain beliefs, but I always thought of Christ in a proximity issue yeah. and that Christ was always far off in another galaxy. And, but, but also as a condemning Santa Claus that you, as, as you refer mm-hmm. to, um, I, I think we, as Christians need to realize we don't have a proximity issue. Yeah. yeah. And I think if we can see that, but I have one last question. All right. I said, so, and this actually comes from my, uh, my buddy. So, how do you truly reconcile religious faith with scientific fact? Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought in on a, in in my questions on a on an easy, easy one. one. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, first of all, my friend Dave Hickman, his book is called Closer Than Close. You can get it on Amazon. You should pick it up. It's fantastic. He um, he took um, the a theology of the proximity of God, the closeness of God, the unity of God out of seminaries and brought it to the everyday um, everyday human being like me. And so uh, it's fantastic. Um, I um, I um, I grew up in a world where um, the church and science were at war, 
Um, and, um, you know, I don't know if I ever heard that out loud, but, Hmm. but it was, it was pretty clear, you know, like in the way that Genesis one and two were taught and things like that. Um, but I, um, I've come to believe that they work hand in hand. Um, I believe that God created the world. Um, and I believe that, um, Genesis one and two shows us that he is a great artist that created this beautiful, beautiful place that he considers still considers good, even though it's being ransacked by (coughs) sin. Um, and I, but I also believe that, um, science is beautiful and that God has given, God has uniquely wired certain people's minds to be able to discover and explore and, and look deeply into things that I will never be able to understand. And so, um, whether a scientist believes in God or not, I believe that God created their mind and gave them the ability to explore Mm. this creation that he gave us. And so I believe they work hand in hand. I believe that we can learn from both. And I believe that we, we, we do very well if we wouldn't create these, like, you know, these, uh, um, arguments between Christians and scientists, Mm. but that we would create, um, conversations where we weren't trying to win an argument, but we were actually learning, starting to learn from one another. I think also, I think you're finding out that I think there's a recent study by um, theoretical physicists. um, And these are guys that come up with the theories of quantum physics and and, uh, the wormholes and things Mm -hmm. that are really cutting edge. And all of a sudden, 10 years years later, it happens, you know? Yeah. Um, These guys are forward thinkers. And almost 80% of these guys believe in a higher being. If not, maybe more. I mean, Mm -hmm. of, of these guys believe... In a concentrated God, a, a supreme being, um, even Neil Tyson De, uh, DeGrasse, uh, not not Bill Nye, the uh, fake science guy, but, <laughs> but Neil Tyson actually Mr. believes, Wizard. yeah, believes that there could be a, a higher author. So I think um, scientific fact is always is I don't think it's scientific fact. I think there's facts out there, but also th- there's facts like hey, we we drink H two O, we breathe oxygen, mm-hmm. we expel CO two. I think there's a facts that are never going to change, but there's, there's, science is constantly evolving. Yeah. I mean, we're finding yeah. out new things. I mean, at some point we were putting leeches on people to try to get blood diffusion. So <laughs> yeah. like we're not, we don't, we're not the end all be all of knowing everything. Sure. There's still so much more stuff out there. So yeah, I I've, think, o- I've often thought about your heart, like, and, or, you know, my, my grandma who fought cancer like twice hmm. and how, um, I mean, my grandma fought cancer, uh, 20 probably about 27 28 years ago wow yeah um and uh it was it was i mean it was she was on the very like i mean it was it was a revolutionary thing Mm -hmm. that she beat cancer right i mean 40 years ago she would have died i mean 40 years ago you were dead you were a dead man Uh you know I am thankful every day for science. Sure. And for us to make any other claim <clears throat> is just stupidity. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right. like, just look at the things. Like, look at the things that we can do. And that, and I believe that where those things intersect is because God has given the doctors that put a new heart in your chest. God gave those doctors the brain mm-hmm. to come up with that. 
Great. Everyone doesn't have the same brain. That's the reason why there's exactly. different IQ levels. And yeah. they don't have to believe in God for God to have created them sure. and wired them in such a way that they could discover those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful every day that we could find that. And I honestly believe that that's the place of redemption. God is redeeming his creation because mm-hmm. death, your heart going bad, was not part of the re- original creation. Like, that, that, is a, that is a result of, of sin in the world, not your sin, but mm-hmm. sin in the world. And God is redeeming that mm-hmm. through the men and women that he has created to be able to think in those ways, even if they're not acknowledging who he is. Like, that's really incredible. Like, yeah. that's really incredible that God uses uses every single person that he has created to, to continue that redemption process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. <coughs> I have so many more questions, but... <laughs> But we may have to actually start our own podcast. So. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. But uh, I, I, I really appreciate you coming in. And I, like I said, we'll have, I'm sure we'll have some response from some listeners that uh, I know I've been communicating with or question, yeah. curious about some questions. But appreciate you coming on, Justin. Yeah. And uh, hopefully people will check out onelifechurch.tv. TV. TV. If you have any questions, you can forward. So if you can, just throw a, a million questions his way. And, or a million uh, dollars. Or a million dollars too. <laughs> but, uh, and can anybody interact with you on social media? Yeah, yeah. Uh, JSTN Wallace, W A L L A C E. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you know, Instagram, all those things. So he's quick to an- he's quick to answer questions from Duke fans. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. if you're a UNC fan, you might as well uh, just. I'm hoping that hike. scientists find a way to make sure Coach K never dies and he can just coach <laughs> forever. Hey, man, how long are you going to I'm pretty sure that he is never going to die. The dude looks like Captain uh, Count Dracula. Oh, man. He looks, so. he looks the same as he did in 89. Hey, I would, I'd be more even grateful for science if that happens. Mm. <laughs> dude looks like Count Chocula. Mm. I'm not even joking. I feel the spirit on that one, buddy. So I'm telling you right now. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast. <laughs> Silly Duke fans. Hey, yeah. guys, please uh, please go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, give us a subscription or subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a review. Really appreciate that. And uh, check out our social media websites. Yeah. Check out it at uh, southernfriedphilosophy.com, you Twitter, Facebooks, and all the other fun stuff at SFP Radio. And, uh, guys, appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. And, as always, keep it rolling. Little bit.